we are tuned in to a modern man podcast i'm jd farrell your host and we are presented to you by the modern podcast network so this week i got ariel meserly she's joining the podcast for acting in a pandemic her segment and she brought up something that it was very interesting it was what do i call my listeners what do i call you what do i call the faithful and i was thinking of the modernites and i I don't know i kind of liked it but then the modernites would that work the modernites i'm calling on to you the modernites the modern squad the modern mob the moderns I don't know the modern mob. I, I'm I'm puzzled. This is something that is puzzling me because now I just don't know. So I'm telling you, I vow that by the next podcast, you will you all will have a name. We won't be the beehive. We you won't be believers. You will be something, okay? JD's moderns something I we're gonna get it down we're gonna get it it's gonna be a great non-binary term I need suggestions I need someone to send me something but yeah but so happy for Ariel and her progression right now in her career and still joining the podcast and coming in for her segment so yeah enjoy her interview I'm back with Ariel Messerly with Acting in a Pandemic. How are we doing today? Fantastic. It's a lovely Tuesday. How are you, Darnell? Oh, doing fantastic. I'm, I'm looking at where you are in SoCal, and I'm just, we're like on the edge of about to go into fall, and it's, we only have a few more days of what it looks like there left, and it's getting very depressing. Oh, come on. You know in Oklahoma. Oh, wait, sorry, Chicago. That's where you yeah. are right you're all over the place but um i actually i don't know it's still the midwest so yeah you guys get the four seasons there is it get really really hot yeah i mean the summer get 90s i think like 90s and 95 yeah okay so still not even on like quite the same level because you know Oklahoma would be getting up to like 115 degrees and shit yeah okay uh but that's fun though you guys get a real fall our our trees barely turn to like any orange or yellow colors but it's about to get 40 mile an hour winds here and 50 degrees quick. So, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh-uh. And I live right by the lake where there's always like a 10 degree, uh, degree cold, yeah. you know, breeze by the lake. So yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. I feel that it's always like that by the ocean. It'll be a lot colder and like cloudier by the ocean sometimes. Oh, fun. But What's up? What do you call your no. podcast listeners? Do they okay. have No, no, we we don't we don't have a hive yet. There nothing yet. We we haven't got ourselves uh, a name yet. We are the the modern men just sounds lame. Like we're I'm not I'm not gonna have because they could be non-binary. They could be women. So we need to have. Do you do you want to come up with it? You have any ideas for me? Modern. The modern mites. 
That's a good the modern knights. The modern knights. No. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I was just trying to think. Yeah, we want it to be gender neutral. Like Mennonites, wasn't Mennonites something in like biblical term? Wasn't there Mennonites or something like that? Girl, I, don't I don't know. I don't I read don't the Bible. I, I mean, <laughs> I feel like Mennonites is something. It's like a, it's a very non-binary term. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't know. I'm still well, doing my duty, I'd say, as a person living in 2021 and continuing my research so that way I can further understand the things like intersectionality to just be better equipped because I never want to be the person in the room that misgenders somebody or that doesn't know what's going on yeah but okay you have to work on daily in order to actually be knowledgeable about it and have the vocabulary to speak about it you know okay I love the empathy coming from your voice but at the same time you can't be afraid to walk on eggshells that's I, I like especially Yes, maybe, I guess, and acting, definitely, you don't want to be known as someone who maybe has an opinion. And then, like, uh, I forgot her name, but was from Star Wars. Uh, do you know the Star Wars spinoff with, like, Baby Yoda? No, oh, but I, she got booted for... fucking worst at Marvel. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's Star Wars. Star Wars isn't Marvel. Those are two totally different things. That's like saying Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter are the same thing. Okay. Okay, so yeah, no, because I'm a Harry Potter stan, I understand the comparison that you just made. Okay, but it's like. (laughs) I mean, Marvel and Star Wars, because I don't, I haven't seen any Star Wars, but I've seen uh, that show on Disney Plus. Well, it's made by Disney because now Star Wars owns Disney or Disney owns Star Wars. Yeah. But okay, all I mean is I feel like as an actor, you don't want to be cast or you don't want to have something attached to your name that people may not want to work with you because you have a certain type of opinion. You want to be known as someone who's very empathetic and open and doesn't you don't want to have a stance. You'd rather be like I'm open to knowledge about something. To a degree, I think on certain topics, it's really important to take a stand for what you believe is right. And that's kind of um, a really defining characteristic, I think, of how much your words really mean. And if you're willing to let them, you know, stay and you say what you mean and you mean what you say, but you're just really careful and think before you speak. And that's kind of what I'm trying to practice as somebody who oftentimes doesn't do that. So it's really like, yes, you want to be, remain neutral on certain topics, of course, to not cause issues amongst like the higher ups, because I think it's also a fucked up realization that I even recently had with, again, thinking everyone in Hollywood would be kind of like hippies, but also being like really rich, but also really progressive and realizing that a lot of that doesn't intertwine, actually. And a lot of these mm-hmm. people at the top and these very rich celebrities or producers or directors they have been removed from like working society for a long time so even if they do take a stance on a certain thing it's kind of like they don't know and also a lot of the times it'd be opposite of of what you think but I also don't have a lot of experience and I'm talking myself into a corner so all right so let's get let's get on what have you been doing for me lately when we left off now you thought you were supposed to be cast as the lead in this film all right. Supporting. The, oh, supporting. Sorry, my bad. That's supporting. Okay. Still, still feature film. All right. Yeah. What 
what's the latest? What's the word? Do we have anything, anything new on that? So the latest on that, um, it's kind of right now in limbo because I ended up doing a chemistry read and like a, a table read with yeah. some of the other cast members. And I got to talk to like the director and the writer and the producer and they were all super cool. And it actually went really, really well. And then after that, um, pretty much the writer who's been the one that I've been communicating with, the writer actually was saying that he really loved what I did with the character and all this stuff, but because right now it's a feature film that's pretty low budget and they're trying to, you know, get more money for the actual production that there's a possibility the producer was saying they'd rather bring in maybe a named actress and they won't tell me what her name is or if it's like A-list, B-list, whatever, but bringing in a named actress usually for a production means that they're trying to get an actual celebrity type inside of the film. So when they bring it to these different companies to pitch the movie, that it actually is like, look, we have her, she's gonna bring in 700,000 people. She's got this many followers and she's actually got more credits to her name. So it's a little different than bringing in a brand new face and relying on some of the rest of the cast that's got more credits and stuff behind their name. And they were also saying, because my character, Kate, which I don't know if I said that, and I think I can say that because I haven't said like the name of the film or anything, but my character Kate is kind of almost like, cause she is a supporting role. It's like, it makes sense with who the character is that they would want to bring in somebody named, but it's not confirmed because it'll probably come down to if this B-list celebrity hasn't done a lot of work recently. And she's like, you know, I do need something more recent. And then she takes the role and is able to negotiate a higher pay, whatever. But if they're trying to get somebody maybe a little bit more famous or who knows, and they're like, I'm not doing a super low budget feature film, then it could end up going to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just excited to even be up against somebody else. And then I made oh, it yeah. three reads. So I'm kind of like, I'm taking my win and I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. I talked to the writer on the phone for like 45 minutes the other day. We were just chatting and hanging out <laughs> and like <laughs> it made me feel good too that I feel like him specifically he's kind of rooting for me to get the role and then it might just be like the producer and some other money people are kind of pulling him in a different direction which I understand because I also it's been a story that's been in the making for like over a decade that they've been wanting to get this actually into fruition so excuse me but I think Either way, I'm just super excited. And that's where it is right now. It's between me and an actual like named actress. And when I hear back, I, I will let you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Hell yeah. That's a great opportunity. All right. So let's go back to the table. How many people were at this table? Read? Well, if it was me, the writer, and then the producer. And then that character, that character, that character, that character. So it was seven. Seven. I guess minus them, so five of the characters. That's what I guess I should have vocalized. How many of the characters? Yeah, five characters. And, yeah. And, uh, okay, was it easier or harder? I feel like it would be so much easier if the people looked like you imagined them to be before you met them. Because you got to read their parts of the script, right? Or were you just sent your script initially? Um, I always, as an actor, when I'm trying to like figure out my character and a, a lot of acting is responding to what's being said to you and responding to your environment. So I think it really is important in the script to always look at what's going on in the context of the scene, what other people are saying, 
kind of gather their personalities from the words that they're saying on on paper and stuff so it was kind of what I had imagined I knew they that, did look exactly how they kind of pictured to you did, did they I mean not exactly I suppose just because I didn't really have a very specific picture in my mind I try not to do that and make any like hard choices in my mind about like oh no this person definitely looks like this and then incorporate really? that into my scene and how I treat them it's really like I just know okay they're probably like brunette they're probably more like that smart kind of nerdy type maybe she wears glasses maybe she she doesn't really wear makeup but she can definitely like dress up if she wants to kind of like okay this character to me seems like a little bit of a douchebag he's probably got some kind of five o'clock shadow going on because he's not so clean cut. He's kind of, he probably wears like cargo shorts and just making like fun guesses at their appearances that aren't like so strict, I'd say. And what I just described is pretty accurate, you know, um, as for like the characters. So it's not like she has to have a nose just like this, you know, but kind of having an idea and then getting to see them. I was surprised. And maybe that's even another reason why they might be choosing a named actor is, um, some of the rest of the cast, which nobody's been officially cast yet. So even the people that I was talking with are also actors that are just up for their role yeah. um, and making it to the table reads. So we're kind of all in the same boat. But I was surprised a little bit that I think Kate is supposed to be late 20s, early 30s. And I just don't, I, I thought that I could do that. And maybe with more makeup and the right wardrobe and the right hair, I can like age myself huh. up. And that's kind of even something I brought up to the writer because everyone else that is up for the roles is actually the age for that role, you know? So it's a little bit different because- Chemistry and everything. Yeah, the chemistry was great though. Cause like I already okay. have a little bit of an old soul. They were totally immature and just fun <laughs> acting, fun, creative people. I love, I love getting to spend time and like talk to other actors and work with other actors. Cause it's just fun. I mean, we all yeah. kind of have the same general background, you know? Um, we all know what it's like to sit in drama class as like a little dweeb and run your lines with your partners and you know like crying in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> and just shit like that so it's always really fun and the chemistry was actually really great and it was just kind of surprising to me that I was like dang I mean in Hollywood they always cast like 22 year olds to play 17 16 year olds you know and then yeah. they'll cast like 25 year olds to play 32 year olds you know it's like this really weird kind of turning point they want people in their 20s is what I always see at least kind of it's what it seems like you know <laughs> I mean, and, um, yeah, you're right there you're right there I am I, I you know but it's like oh I'm in this really awkward age right now where I'm figuring out how to market myself because as a 22 year old woman I'm still auditioning and even getting like I got this role just recently, my first role where I had an on-screen mom and I was playing somebody of like a high school age. And yeah. I was like, that's so weird. And considering I also am putting myself up for these roles where I'm playing somebody who's like 30 and been divorced, you know? So I don't know. I think it'll probably depend on which role um, sticks. Like one of my bigger roles that start, that happens first. If I hopefully am able to get cast kind of as like a high school age person like I was telling you I think that would help with the longevity of my career yeah definitely but, um, but it's also like I don't know if you can do both I, I'm kind of doing both right now but I think once it actually starts to become like of notoriety I don't know if you can do both like if I can play high school age kids and also be like a 30 year old in a bar you know 
for like the audience, it'd probably be difficult. <laughs> I mean, there's so much content out there. It's like, you can always do the work on uh, the side, like if you always want to put in that work, but is it going to be worth it to you if you have like mainstream work being recognized as, you know, the 30 year old, if you get mainstream work as the 17 year old, like, are you still going to want to be doing the underground work just for like the pure content, just because you want to do it? Uh, yes. And I would say, yeah, because, yeah quickly. I know I, okay. I answer that kind of fast, but that's just because I think for me, it's not about getting notoriety or getting a bunch of money and those things can help get me roles in the future but the whole purpose of this for me is to like love what I do every day and yeah. to just have a really good time and get to spend time with other people that I can learn a lot of things from and also teach a lot of things too so I think getting the opportunity down the line if I have been in some bigger roles or whatever that are on like Netflix or some kind of streaming service and I've got a little bit of something to my name yeah. If I'm able to take that to a smaller project and help this young artist starting out or, you know, being able to, even in some of these smaller productions for their lead roles, they only want people that have names. So it's like right now, if I had a little something behind my name and I was trying to go onto Netflix, I'd be applying for those supporting or like five line roles versus if I had a little something behind my name and I'm applying for feature films or a short film. I'm going to be applying for that lead one because still in comparison, it's kind of like different levels of acting, you know, or like yeah. acting levels, <laughs> same word. <laughs> That's also kind of how it's been explained to me too, because I'm non-union right now and by choice, um, I'm not yeah. must join or anything, but I am non-union right now. And I think that's beneficial for me in these early stages. But once you start to book those really big roles and those big productions with huge companies, you don't have a choice. You're not going to be a SAG after a union actor. And that also changes things for what you're able to apply for. I wouldn't be able to do music videos. A lot of commercial sets are non-union. And what that means is you cannot be on that set. They cannot have you as a union actor be on, on that set. And like, try and get around it. Union will find out. Like. <laughs> I hear about it and I'm kind of scared of the union. I hope they don't see this. I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> well, I guess because that's why you pay them for that protection and then they go out, you know, because for like, yes, you may want to do it for other people. It's like getting taken advantage of. And that's what is kind of when you get to that point, like. Yeah, which I mean, there are a lot of benefits, like the pay is a lot better, meal penalties, you get a meal penalty for every meal missed versus non-union. It doesn't matter if you were on set for 18 hours and they didn't feed you one time. Yeah. You get one meal penalty and that's that. Whereas like a non-union person, or I mean a union person gets a meal penalty for every six hours worked. So and that's, like, but do you see how the, yes, you're losing out on a lot of work, but the kind of treatment you're not, it's kind of you you were in the service industry mm -hmm. it's uh there's so many places where you may work you know 12 13 hour shift no break no anything and then there's those people who yes you may make a little more money because you're not getting a break or not getting this but or you're getting treated a little bit better for the meal pay you get a meal with your uh shift and you get actually an hour break with all every six hours work and things like that like Right, which is something that really does make a difference even for how you feel about the work after it's done. Because yeah, the money is something, but being like, 
okay, well for this $130, I've now like, I'm fucking starving. I have a headache. They didn't let me use the restroom the whole time I was there. Yeah. I had people yelling in my face because I didn't ask to go get a sip of water, you know? Like there's shit like that that happens and you're just like, what the fucking hell? Like, yeah. I mean. Imagine yeah, that for like six, seven years, you know, but if you're just consistently getting treated like that, like, yeah, for the year. Which I think is the difference too, is at least for me, I feel like I almost, I'm okay. Like I tolerate some treatment like that because I only plan on doing this for a few years before max, before I'm not going to have to tolerate that kind of shit anymore. And that also comes into being on these different levels and trying to advocate advocate for better conditions, but also understanding that a lot of these really small productions and stuff just don't have the fucking money. They don't have the people that are trained to deal with this kind of stuff. And that's exactly what you're signing up for when you go to work a background gig for free or for 50 bucks or for something like that. It's not like you're going into this fully established business with an HR and all this shit. Like, no, mm. you know, it's like somebody that loaned a camera to be able to film this in a span of like three days. You're just there for one day. Like, you know, it's kind of like just sometimes I think adjusting your expectations and kind of realizing like just what you're signing up for, which you yeah. don't realize until you've worked it, which is with a lot of jobs. You think, yeah, I can do that and I can tolerate this. And then you actually work a couple shifts and it's maybe a lot worse than you expected or a lot better. And then you kind of go from there, you know? All right. All right. Do you know exactly what, what entails to get into the union or should we leave, we'll leave that to next time you get on the podcast? Oh yeah. Um, to get into the union, what there's a few different ways actually, because let's say the most like common way is getting SAG vouchers. And that happens if you go on a set and let's say that you were called on to set as a background person, which is, we'll just say BG for short, or um, you were doing maybe like a non-speaking role, like a featured extra. Those are your kind of things that normally don't have a union voucher. But if you have a line for a major production, even if it's just one line, most of the time they'll give you a voucher. Or if you are a stand-in, which for on set is really useful for like the bigger celebrities or the actual lead roles, they have somebody else there that's a similar height, weight, hair color, that kind of thing. You look similar to them. So while they're in their trailer, still getting ready, you can be there for the camera guys to get the height correct and get the lighting correct and everything so being a stand-in and I think also you get a sad voucher almost automatically or automatically if you are inside of a production that requires nudity and you're like gonna be nude or yeah. even if it's just like you have a titty out or even mm -hmm. if it's like implied nudity you still get a voucher for that and you have to have three vouchers to join after three vouchers you can keep working on set and at that point you're considered a must join, but they're not technically going to force you until maybe you come across a set that's like, wait, you're a must join. And then they kind of let union know that you're slacking off and then you do have to join, but that's usually how it goes. Or let's say that you get really lucky and your first role, you're like working for what's that super popular show I've been here. Oh, Euphoria. That's one that I know some background actors. Yeah, I know some background actors that worked on Euphoria that became oh, wow. SAG because they were just there for background. And then suddenly they got offered this opportunity to just have a line or to actually do something where they interact with one of the lead roles in a scene, like kissing them or whatever it is. And like yeah. having that little bit of just that extra opportunity, you can actually 
be offered straight up SAG union status just in that one go, even if you don't have a single voucher. So it's kind of like you can either get the vouchers and work your way up to it, or you can be straight up like, hey, you want to be union? And you're like, yeah, but then it also costs a lot of money. Oh, because you have to pay your union fees yearly and everything like that. Yeah, and I think the price is raised to, I think it's 2,500 or like three grand. A year? Yeah. It's a lot. That's kind of also a reason why I've been holding out until I'm like, I've really got the fucking ball rolling yeah. for this because to just spend that amount of money is like, whoa, especially if with COVID right now, production is definitely opened back up a lot, but it's not at the quite the same crazy level that it was pre-pandemic where you just have stuff going on everywhere all the time. Um, you know, so it does, it does make it different. And I think there's even some people I know that unfortunately pulled the trigger and fucking joined union. And then a month later, the pandemic hit and they did, they spent all that money mm. and it for nothing, you know, yeah, and I'm really scared of that, which that's kind of a worst case scenario. And it sucks that that happened to that guy. This guy I was talking to that happened to, I was like, what a nightmare, you know, but yeah so that's kind of how side works and you do get a lot of benefits from it but then like you were saying or we were saying it does oh, okay the jobs you can get what are some of the long-term benefits like i guess those protections is it like a retirement account too do they handle that with that three thousand dollars or what what are some of the baseline benefits you get from being a sag actor the baseline benefits is like a higher day rate so day rates are for eight hours, non-union 120, and then union is 180. And then also we get paid for every hour or half hour of overtime and they get paid for every 15 minutes of overtime. So it's really a lot to do with like the monetary gain that you get from being a SAG actor. And then also the like meal penalties and also other things like extra vouchers or extra COVID tests or I'm trying to think they have a lot of protections there though so if but, like they have a lot a lot of different protections or let's say you did a smoke trick in one of the scenes like a non-union person really wouldn't get paid extra for that but a union person can like check a box like i did a smoke trick i actually did like an acrobatic thing and then they get all these like extra little bumps and pay for these extra things that they do they can actually have that be like cataloged somewhere and then get paid for it and i don't think um non-union actors really have that choice we get paid for our day rate we get paid the one meal penalty and then we do get paid overtime but it's just on all smaller levels so basic is a lot more monetary gains and it's like a lot yeah. more a lot more monetary and i also think i'm sure just like having an agent or having a manager and things like that it kind of makes you look more like a serious actor to be in the union i think you know to be like yes i'm union it's like oh wow they they invested the three grand and they're, you know, they're only on union sets. Like they're serious about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming no. That's just like what I've heard on other sets. Please nobody take everything I say for fact. I don't know why you would, but this is just me warning you not to. Thank you. <laughs> and I was listening to, I forgot, uh, the actor. He was on, he started on Walking Dead and went to like the Punisher and then, oh, I forgot Wait, his name. Is it Daryl, the one who plays Daryl? Not Daryl. Uh, he was the first one who died. 
who was like Rick's bro- best friend who slept with his wife. Oh, you know, who- I've seen that episode, but I have no, no clue. But uh, he's very like accomplished now. And he was talking about how just and talking about his startup and how he just really wanted to get on certain shows and certain sets and different actors and directors and things like that. So like right now, is there any project you really would like to get on any show, any series of movies? Like I know clearly not the Marvel franchise. You don't want to be like uh, yeah. Captain Marvel stand in who you definitely could be a stand in for Brie Larson. Ooh, Ooh she's so ripped right now. I think we are actually. You definitely would have to bulk up. Yes. Yeah. Have to bulk up. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but that's not that's just saying you're not ripped like if i played the rock stand in or a darker black, like i would just require you to be able to like bench 200 or something no but uh, 300 but yeah but yeah we've got a one-up huh men men and when we get to talk about weights that's what you guys i thought you were compared i'm like i can bench 200 so that's not saying anything that's like <laughs> better throw that in there hey modernites i'm kidding um i would say off the top of my head one show that i would love to be in right now is better things because i just is that a fx production uh, yes i I think i've been meaning to watch it oh yeah it's so good i just i feel like those one of those shows that you watch and the writing is so just like witty and their comedic timing is so good and the situations of their family are very for the modern day it's like not stereotypical shit that you always see um and i just think it's fucking hilarious and specifically because of the lead actress who is yes i couldn't remember her name off the top of my head but pamela adlon oh i watched her yeah she was from californication which you're watching now yeah i watched like two seasons of this yeah yeah Oh, I just think it's so good. I love that actress. And I actually fell in love with her. I on do Netflix. love her. And then now, since also watching her on California Cation, oh, I'm just like, oh, I'm such a big <laughs> fan. I mean, I've actually met several people that have gotten to see her because they've been BG for um, better things. But if I could even just be like on an episode as like a guest star and just be like, a friend of her daughter's or like something fun yeah you know? too that's what you gotta do you just need to hang around that set i am so for this we need to put push for getting ariel on better things okay that's i am so into this oh see man like that's such a great way to get into acting i feel like is to get on a set like that and it really sets you up and people really start to look at you and look at your resume and be like huh what else can i see her being in and then you start getting calls you know that would be a dream that's what i'm working towards right now it's kind of like i'm at this little point where i'm i'm booking great gigs for my level but i'm just waiting to get to that next level like for my agent to actually book me something where i've got more like lines but i oh i didn't even tell you yeah i didn't tell you i did get cast in a feature film um called a deal is a deal and I'm excited for that. Okay. I get- <laughs> Excuse the train, everyone. <laughs> Is that a train? I think so. Where the, f- what? what? I didn't even know there were train tracks around here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
I'm local. I'm like seven minutes from my house right now. But she went I'm back to Oklahoma, everybody. She went back to Oklahoma, y'all. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like everyone said, I had to go home. I couldn't make that here in LA. <laughs> but um, damn it, my train of thought. Yes, deal is a deal. I get to be yeah. this. Deal is a deal. He's not like a. I don't know if he's like a gangster or a mobster, and I'll get more information as we get closer to production but it's exciting because i actually got cast they like i that's the video that i sent you for cindy where i was wearing the bunny ears yeah hell yeah it's that one and they like had me do a little callback audition and they were like hey you got the part so we're gonna zoom during the week to figure out uh rehearsal dates and we'll shoot the trailer first and then we'll actually start shooting like scenes for the film but I'm just like first feature film, like guaranteed cast. It's freaking happening. I'm waiting on this other one, these other people to like respond to me, but they're taking their sweet time and that's fine. So I'm still just like trying to hell of apply and book some shit myself. But yeah. No. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Damn. We came here learning about one feature film and now we know about possibly two. A deal is a deal confirmed. Now we're waiting, you know, Kate, she's on hush hush, but we're gonna hear about her. On hush hush. It could, it could go to, it wouldn't go to like J-Law. I'm trying to think of even like a B-list or C-list type celebrity that I know of out here in the scene that could like steal the role out from under me, but we'll see because me and the cast have chemistry. <laughs> oh, and, and then next, I really, I am so supporting anything getting you on better things because you, that would be a great, just getting a little FX because I feel like FX is your calling because they have great writing. Whatever show on FX is great production, great writing. And that would just be like a slingshot to whatever. Because then I see you doing like a guest episode on a Ryan Murphy, American Horror Story, uh, then spin off. And then like, you know, a character on a whole nother show in a couple of years, like that would be. Right. To get on like FX or Showtime and like these kind of platforms where I feel like all of their shows really are well-written and the characters are dynamic. It's, it's really fun the way they dive into these different situations and relationships. And that was something that I even, that was like an epiphany I feel like I had, even with, I was trying to understand why the fuck do people like Marvel so much, okay? Because it seems very repetitive as like an outsider. I as just, an outsider. As an outsider, admittedly, completely outside perspective i just see all of these shiny shields and buff people and like that's really cool in the fight scenes like yeah super high production they're spending a hundred million dollars to make this one movie and it scores amazingly in the box office and i like really respect it as an enterprise you know what i'm saying yeah. but i was just curious like what makes the story so good and then while i was thinking about this and then i also took like this acting intensive workshop at a studio and it got brought up, like, why do people watch Marvel? And it's for the relationships. Yeah, they're good movies with good acting and storylines, which yeah. the storylines is because of the relationships with the characters. And one movie standalone connects a whole different movie and you're connecting their, like, their backgrounds yeah. and their history. Exactly. It's being so invested into, yeah. like, the marriages of these superheroes and their best friends and their kids and like their work relationships and just yeah exactly and that's exactly why even though it can be a little bit sexist and misogynistic and a little bit dated california yeah. i was thinking californication 
not as much Marvel movies because I can't speak on it. I haven't seen enough. But I think like Californication, the I'm like on season five now, oh, man. It, it's horrible. It's so like goddamn disrespectful sometimes i'm like why do i watch this because it's like a woman cannot be on the show like i wouldn't want to be on californication if it was still on because you have to get naked like you even do. if i yeah. was just a, a coffee shop barista that said like hi hank it's like they're gonna flip to a little b-roll shot of us fucking behind the shop and then that's my character oh, as he spits out a cigarette and goes and picks right. up his daughter and takes her to school Ugh. i know that's that's one thing that it, it's been it's a little hard to swallow <laughs> with that show. but the relationships i'm i want him and karen to live happily ever after and i'm sure that's exactly how it is for so many people in like marvel they just it's all about these relationships man but that was just an epiphany for me because that makes total sense like i'm sure if i was invested into these characters and their stories i would be super into every marvel movie that came out maybe i should just give it a try See, and that's why not to keep going on a Marvel rant here like last time we did Adam Sandler, but I just like finally for the first time rewatched like that end, the end game one. And I'm like, I want Disney Plus to now have a spinoff show. But Scarlett, jo I mean, not Scarlett Johansson, um, Gwyneth Paltrow, she wouldn't do it. That's, but she was Stark, Iron Man's wife. He died. But I want him and her, uh, his daughter to have a spinoff show just with Gwyneth Paltrow and Tony Stark's daughter like look I think that would be so cool but like I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow but about relationships like I just want to see now where's his daughter just make a drama series about like Gwyneth Paltrow being a single mom raising her Tony Stark you know like <laughs> yeah. yeah and like she is also a little genius who's super yeah. into inventing stuff in other countries yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> just continuing the relationship we all thought that he installed the electricity inside his heart, but then she turns out to just naturally have it or something like. Just the next Iron Woman now we got, or however. See, I feel like uh, I hate that. Like the man is the non-binary, or you know, the. I was just but, gonna say, don't let these producers hear you because they will do that. They will be like, "Oh, you want a spinoff? <laughs> you want to make an Iron Woman?" You, there's no longer just Superman, there's Superwoman, and there's also Wonder Woman. Different. Different. Well, different universes. That's unfortunately. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> oh, oh, one's Marvel, one's DC. Moving on. No. <laughs> one's HBO and one's Disney. Is that better? One, yes. You'll be hired by HBO or Disney. That's the difference. Yes. <laughs> I got you. I know production companies. Thanks, I need welcome. to get better at that. I need Sorry. to. I need to get a favorite director and start watching all of their movies. And really, yeah. When I watch directors' reels, which I do a lot, directors and producers' reels for gigs that I'm applying for, like if there's a link for me to watch it, I always go to all the materials that they leave. And I'm always like, wow, it's so interesting to actually see all of the different styles back to back. And especially just these like smaller time directors that are taking a bit of other people's work because they haven't necessarily directed enough movies yet and just splicing together scenes from other movies and stuff and putting yeah. their own score on top of it and all this stuff. I'm just like, still impressive. Oh, see, that's gonna be your homework. That's what we got your homework for next spot. I need to find me your next director. director who you would really like to work with. Yeah, 
Yes. Yes. I do want to actually research that because I don't want to give you some basic answer. Is, be is better things a basic answer or do we need to find a better production no, better on stream? Honest from my heart. That is the one production on right now you would want to work with. Uh, excuse me. That was a pretty big <laughs> one. She said earlier she couldn't do it with her chest, but now you heard it. A little it. chesty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that was the chai latte. That was the espresso from the chai latte. It was. It should be getting things moving soon. Okay. Aw, fun. Man, this is so fun. I had a good time. Always, Ariel. I, you know, I, I enjoy your company. You too. This is always fun. I'm, I can't believe I have a little segment on your podcast. You do. You, you're, you're becoming a staple on the modern network. Wow. How, how flattering. I just want to <laughs> know who listens, you know, and say, hey, what's up, you guys? That's it for this week on a Modern Man podcast. I want to thank all the modern knights for tuning in, for listening. See how that flowed off the tongue, the modern knights? No, but we got some things working on the Modern Network. I hope you're still paying attention. I hope you're subscribed to WSP, the Weekly Spread Podcast. Myself, Hunter Herrera, and Stephen Merriweather. We just each will give you three spreads each week. Three bets to make. That's it. Three bets. Podcast, 10 minutes long. It's quick. It's in and out. You listen. You get three bets, and then you get winners. Okay? You get winners. I'm five, three, and one. Still, still okay. I'm doing all right. Hunter had a great week. He was three and one in his first inaugural week. And Steven's still sitting at four and two. So we're not doing too bad. I like where we're going right now. I could have did better. Could have did worse. But tune into that. Tune in to Bree. Catch up on her podcast, the Modern Woman Podcast. We got a whole feed for you. We got the whole first two seasons of Fargo Watch Party. Go tune in. That's it for a Modern Man Podcast. Share, like it. Come on, tell your friends. You know that you want them to be a modern night. We're presented to you by the Modern Podcast Network.